Welcome to the Rise Up Good Witch podcast, a radical approach to herbalism, self-care, and the tarot. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 64th episode of the Rise Up Good Witch podcast. This is Karina. I want to begin today with a moment of silence as we are upon the full moon in Taurus happening on Halloween, the 31st on Saturday. And we are upon an election. And I know there's a lot coming through. There's many ancestors who passed over this year. We've lost so many people. We're dealing with so much. I don't need to tell y'all. But just to begin, I have lit some candles. And I added some of my Ten of Cups essence with sweet pea, wild rose, rhododendron. This is to connect us to one another because we are our source. We are our source. So I just want to take a minute to honor everyone who has lost someone this year, to honor everyone who's present, who's dealing with their grief, their loss, their scarcity, um, their trauma. I want to offer protection for everyone who's listening. Um, Last week I did a, it was just sort of a spur of the moment thing. It was something that I felt called to do when I announced the winner of a giveaway I did on Instagram to raise money for families in Thermal, California, the East Coachella Valley, um, Desert Communities United is teaming up with ECV No Se Vende in the East Coachella Valley to provide resources to families in need and undocumented families. And last week, because of raffling off a 90-minute tarot reading with custom flower essence and one potion, I was able to earn, for this endeavor, almost $700. So I'm really stoked about that. Um, And I just want to continue... um, to send love to everyone. But when I made the announcement on the raffle, I did a collective reading and um, I'll put a link to that. It's on my YouTube channel, which almost all of my YouTube videos are are unlisted and they're only available on my Patreon. But I did decide to make this reading um, public on my YouTube because it is on Instagram, but I know not everybody uses Instagram. And even if you do, you might not see posts. And, you know, I think we're phasing out of using Instagram in general as a collective right now. Um, We're fading away from these really um, advertising dense, branding, quote unquote, dense platforms that are run by some of the richest people in the world who don't have our best interest in mind. So um, that said, I don't know who owns YouTube and what they're responsible for. I'm sure they are equally problematic, although I can't say that for sure. 
But in this collective reading, I pulled two cards. There were four cards total, and I don't want to say everything because I would, you know, encourage folks to go watch the reading if this resonates with you, if you're interested. Um, but the two cards that came through in the center were the Queen of Wands and the Knight of Pentacles. And these two cards have, it's absolutely no joke that these came through um, because two days later I was releasing potions, tarot-inspired herbal potions that I've been preparing for months based on my guides um, telling me what the energies that we need moving forward into um, the U.S. Pluto return, um, moving forward into the, the potential for us to um, enter fascism, widespread fascism. And I made these two potions that are now in the shop in limited quantities, y'all. Knight of Pentacles, Queen of Wands. These are the two energies that came up in the collective reading. And this morning when I woke up, I lit my candles. Um, I added, like I said, my Ten of Cups essence to the candles as an anointment. I added some protection oils and I wanted to create this virtual space to hold space for everyone who has passed, um, to honor everyone, to honor everybody who's on the front lines right now, to honor all of our social justice activists, to honor Black Lives Matter, um, to honor the people that have had their lives greatly impacted by state-sanctioned violence, including the U.S. prison system, um, immigration customs enforcement, and cops in general. Um, and, you know, that also, I would say, includes folks that have been institutionalized because of neurodivergence. So I really want to, like, send that energy out as a protection. And, um, again, I feel myself very connected in these times. This is, uh, you know, Scorpio season. It is the time of the veil thinning. Um, all of the traditions that relate in different parts of the world to this time of year are incredibly potent. And this is a time where I think practicing protection magic is really important if we are going to call in ancestors, if we are gonna call in visions from the beyond world. So remember to work with protection, work with yarrow, um, burn rosemary if you need to. Um, Working with mugwort, and I also think lavender is a really good tool for connecting in these times. But I also want to send everyone love. I know that, again, if you are in the so-called United States, um, we're coming into this election, that is a lot. I don't need to tell you all this. It's a lot. And I know that everyone's holding a lot in their hearts. I'm holding a lot. I'm working through a lot. I feel personally like I've been in a deep transformation process in my own world and navigating that while continuing to, to run a business to continue to carry out this platform and create content is a very interesting, it's a very, very interesting process. Um, and when I was really thinking about this and, and thinking about where I'm going to go from here and how you know, I balance my personal needs with creating and how I balance my mantra for Libra and the Libra new moon is how do I balance self-compassion with accountability, which is a thing that I'm trying to figure out and that I think we all should be figuring out in these times. 
but we are moving. You know, this is the emperor year. We're we're um, ending the emperor year, and we're moving into a hierophant year. We're moving towards Aquarius with Jupiter and Saturn moving into Aquarius um, in late December. I think, by the way, in the last podcast, I might have said it was happening in January, or maybe I said that uh, somewhere. But I remember later thinking, oh, I should specify it's actually at the beginning. It's actually at the end of December. So today I'm honored to bring you a segment of plant person origin stories and I'm sharing the stories, the origin tales, the personal narratives of Catherine from Cimarron Botanica, Liz from Sister Spinster, and Burnham from Well Deep Remedies. All amazing people. I have used all of these people's potions. I I I just I love so many of the the folks that obviously I love everyone that I invite to have on the podcast. Um but I think um you know these folks have been really awesome people to be in t- touch with in the last 6 months and see and witness their work in the world. Um and, um, you know, connect with and have an affinity with other people that are interested in plant medicine. This morning I did take Sister Spencer's Over the Hedge. I'm working with that along with the Ten of Cups. And then after the full moon, I'm switching to a Desert Willow Essence that I made last week um, that is specifically for my plant, which mentees. We are pretty much halfway through our time together, I think, at this point or maybe a little bit less than halfway through. And uh, we're about to do our flower essence case study together. And I was able to find a desert willow that was flowering and had a, a really beautiful experience. Definitely the highlight of my October was communing with this tree upon this stream um, in these times and just remembering my responsibility to the world, my responsibility to show up, um, and my responsibility to steward the any land that I live on as a as a white settler so please go and follow the work of all of these three amazing plant people they all do so much mutual aid um I think that's special about this group how much mutual aid is there how much like deep ancestral wisdom I'm so excited to share these stories I also wanted to say that I was featured on the wild weeds podcast which is the project of Loba and their partner. And I will put a link to that in the show notes as well. But but remember to go support Wild Weeds Podcast. It's another amazing effort. You know, I share a little bit about the astrology of these times and moving towards the U.S. Pluto return um, and how that relates to the tarot of the times, which I said before is Emperor moving into Hierophant. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm not a professional astrologer. I just want to say that my scope is limited. I do spend a lot of time studying astrology, reading about it, and I gain a lot of intuitive insight from looking at charts, especially during client readings. I feel like a lot of intuitive downloads come through when I can see someone's chart, when I can look at kind of like their planetary placements. But I think for something like a global crisis, a pandemic, uh, fascism. Um, there's a lot of nuance there that, you know, someone that's been studying astrology, especially if they've been studying like collective and political astrology and systems and um, the kind of like the way the cycles match up with our human cycles and governmental cycles, like my knowledge is definitely very limited on that. But 
I do have a lot of thoughts about the U.S. Pluto return, which we're coming into, and that's been, like, as I've said on other podcasts, like, that analysis of um, Pluto and the collapse of the U.S. government as we know, and on a micro level, the way that Pluto rules our own process and our own transformation and our own ego death is also something that really got me into astrology about four or five years ago. Um, so I'm always happy to share that, but check out the Wild Weeds part- podcast. And if you enjoy this podcast, just a reminder, it's uh, completely sponsored by my patrons. You can go to www.patreon.com slash riseupgoodwitch if you'd like to join. Um, your support is so invaluable to me, even you know, two, three, five dollars a month. At five dollars a month, you get a 20% apothecary discount um, and a 25% discount on private tarot appointments, which by the way, I have very few of left for this year. Um, but you can go to my website and book a reading if you're interested in working with me. Um, but I have a lot of content up on Patreon. I do at least weekly uh, posts, vlogs and blogs about tarot and flower essences. I, Since I'm doing the plant witch mentorship, we're doing like a lot of shares like and, and they're helping me to create these easings um, and I'm just really impressed with their work so far. So if you want to check that out again, www.patreon.com slash riseupgoodwitch. I'm also doing twice a month um, videos, tarot stories and lessons about individual tarot cards and how they come through for me based on my own life experience and and based on what's happening in the grander scheme of the world. So you get access to all that and it's only $5 a month. I, I really am invested in this idea of, you know, if a lot of people give me $5 a month, I can survive as opposed to pandering to people that have more access and, you know, relying on larger sums. But Whatever y'all do to survive in this world and survive in capitalism is all good with me, no judgment. Check out the potions, the Queen of Wands and the Knight of Pentacles. They're in very limited batches. Um, and I still have some left of the Blueberry Oxymill, Dreams of Revolution, and You Are Protected, Rose Elixir, and, and Good Grief. Some formulas that I created this summer. So check those out and check out the work of Catherine... Liz and Brunham. I hope you enjoy this episode, y'all. Take care. Good luck in the times to come. Sending you so much love. Catherine Feliz from Botanica Cimarron and I'm so ecstatic to be able to share my plant person origin story on this amazing podcast. So from a super young age I felt called to learn more about and protect the natural world. 
public television was like the only thing that I would watch. And I would watch a ton of nature documentaries all the time and daydream about being a wildlife biologist in rainforests, like the ones I saw on TV. I then went to high school for environmental studies in New York City, where I deepened my study of the natural worlds and became involved in all kinds of movement organizing, which is still very much a huge part of my life. I didn't know that being a medicine maker was like a thing that you could do all of your life (laughs) and have as a livelihood. That actually came much, much later. And school and any kind of rigid structure for that matter was really tough on my emotional and spiritual health. I excelled academically but was chronically depressed and was absent all the time because of it. When I tried going to college right out of high school, I immediately knew that I needed a huge change if I was going to save my life. So I dropped out and saved up all of my money from working in canvassing job and I moved out to Karu country, Orleans, California, with only $72 in my pocket. The following year was really transformative for me. I am a child of immigrants. My family migrated from Kiskeya Yiti, otherwise known as Dominican Republic, to New York City, and Almost all of our stories from back home that I could remember were centered around plants. And my mom and grandmother, they still casually made a lot of herbal remedies. But working and living on the permaculture-based homestead, Rolling River Organic Farm and Tree Nursery, as it was previously called, I was able to really slow down and nurture intimate relationships with individual plants. Some like tobacco and pomegranate were part of those family stories that were told, and others like calendula and St. John's wort I was meeting for the first time. During this time, my own healing and magical gifts were also super magnified as I was surrounded by witches who didn't hide the fact that they were witches. Growing up, magic was everywhere and everything, so I didn't feel separate from life. Like we had altars in our rooms and we're always talking about our dreams and such, but things were never explicit that like this was magic that this is spirituality and this is our ancestral connection but when I started developing a language for our relationship to the stars and the cyclical patterns of the earth based in the western mysticism of the new friends that I was making it made me curious to reclaim and to learn and to honor the spirit technologies of my afro-indigenous ancestors Till this day, though, I'm hesitant to call myself a witch or brujax because I feel like there's another pre-colonial word deep within me waiting to be rediscovered. So when I find that word, I'll share it with you. (laughs) Fast forward. So I moved back to the city to care for my family 
and then I just went for it. I remember on my birthday taking the train up to Inwood Hill Park and foraging for burdock and red clover, which I later submerged in Devil Springs vodka, and that was my first tincture. And I ended up having more than enough to share, so I gave away bottles to my friends. And that was the beginning of being a community herbalist. (laughs) Most of the plants I make remedies with now, I source from farms and other growers. But I think those anarcho-punk beginnings of mine still shape my practice. One that is deeply rooted in dismantling hierarchies, giving power to body autonomy, decolonization, black and queer liberation, and land stewardship through a, tra- through a trauma-informed lens. Thank you all for listening to my story. I'm wishing you blessed ancestor and earth connections. I grew up rurally in the Hudson River Valley of New York State. My earliest memories involved connection with plants. I remember picking sorrel out from the grass when I was very young and eating it and naming it sweet and sour clover. Um, I don't remember anyone teaching me that it was okay to eat, but somehow I knew. I also remember a mysterious older woman introducing me to wild carrot, uh, which is also known as Queen Anne's lace. I have a really vivid memory of her hand holding out the spindly white root with its really potent carrot scent. In retrospect, this is the worst wild edible herb to teach to a child because this plant is commonly mistaken with poison hemlock, which is the most poisonous plant in North America, but uh, worked out, didn't die. And from a young age, I channeled a specific method for communicating with trees that I had learned from a willow near where I lived. Um, And this method was to place my hands side by side, palms against the bark, and then to go inward and outward at the same time. Uh, So I did a lot of uh, communication with trees using this method uh, when I was young. And, And then later on, I worked on vegetable farms a lot as a teenager and also wandered around the forest alone a lot. And eventually my agricultural interests grew toward cultivating perennial polycultures to support orchard health. Um, I was really into fruit trees. I still am really into fruit trees. And I learned about medicinal herbs first with a focus on soil healing. And along the way, I learned about their medicinal uses for our bodies. I met my first real live herbalist, Dina Falcone, in the context of a food forest planting project in New York. Uh, back in, I think this was 2006, and she introduced me to plants in her garden and told me about her herbal beauty and body care recipes. Um, In fact, she wrote a really excellent book on this topic that I still reference often um, called Earthly Bodies and Heavenly Hair. I've definitely gotten some key recipes for my glamour and creative practice class from her book. Uh, Dina Falcone and I tinctured dandelion root together that day as well, and And from that day on, I began my insatiable study of medicinal plants more formally. I went to my first clinical herbalist training program in 2010, and and then there's a lot of story about the past decade of my life as a plant person, but uh, here's a glimpse of how it all began. 
Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. When I was thinking about this a few days ago, I kind of mapped out (laughs) this plant person origin story. And it started with this, this thread that's woven between three trees, apple, birch, and alder. When I was a kid, these three trees were extremely magical to me. Um, Not that I was around them all the time, but when I was, I felt extremely enchanted by each of them. And I, I felt that They were kind of my first understanding of magic, I guess. Um, They felt like portals into spirit realm. Um, They showed me that spirit realm is very much of this world and is not separate from this world. And yeah, (laughs) I, they were just major, major teachers for me in that regard. And not that I considered myself a plant person as a child, but, um, they really held, they were very rooted in my, experience of magic and when I was a kid I read a ton of folk tales and myths and lore and it's still my favorite thing to read Um, but I very much soaked up every single myth that I could get my hands on And I found myself as a kid just really disappointed in the real world that there wasn't that magic um, that was so prevalent in in these stories. And I think really when I started to have these experiences with these trees when I was a kid, I realized that oh, wait, (laughs) these stories are true or there's aspects of them that are true or the the underlying feeling of some of these stories are true. And and it's not like I walked away with the conclusion that the plant realm can give you access to enchantment, but I just felt enchanted by those trees. Um. And I think that that sense of enchantment work um, is one of the the things that I feel most excited about in regards to plant medicine. Um, It's something that I still root into a lot as a human. but yeah, when I when I was growing up, I was really sick. Um, basically, from age like five to to nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, when I started to get a 
to get a handle on things. Um, I grew up having eczema all over my body. Um, just huge, horrible, uncomfortable patches of eczema. Uh, legs, arms, torso, face. Um, it would waver in and out of different places. And also with that eczema, there was pretty chronic digestive inflammation. Um, and I was pretty uncomfortable in my body for many, many, many of those years. And it kind of hit an all-time low when I was 18 or 19. Um, I also grew up in a family of New Yorkers who... Um, allopathic medicine, Western, Western medicine was the way. And so I would go to the doctor often, you know, searching for relief of some kind and would just get these topical steroid creams that would help for the first few days. And then nothing ever happened. Um, so yeah, I, I found myself 18 or 19, I was living in Olympia, Washington at the time, and I was really ill. Um, I, at that point, I had been so uncomfortable for so long that it had really done a number on my adrenals, and I was pretty just consistently exhausted and had a hard time, like, getting out of bed. Um, I was really depressed. I wanted to crawl out of my skin, essentially. And I was living through the magic of Craigslist with a woman named Maeve, which if you are a folktale lover like I am, you would know that Maeve is the queen of the fairies in in Celtic tradition. Um, So, of course, it's the queen of the fairies that opens the door to the plant realm for me. Um, Maeve had grown up on an island commune in Alaska, and her mother was the island midwife. And so Maeve had kind of apprenticed with, with her mom and knew plants and knew a lot about making medicines. And just, I remember this, this one day, it was like March... And Maeve brought me a cup of fresh nettle tea. She came came up to my attic bedroom and offered me a cup of this tea and said, I think you should meet nettles. I think you should meet nettles and see if they can help you. And I drank the tea and remembered feeling interested um and she took me out later that week to teach me how to harvest nettles and how to sing to the nettles in a way where they don't sting you when you harvest and made tea and vinegars and yeah just I became fully submerged (laughs) I just dove in 
And it really started to shift things for me in a major way. And there were many other things that happened from that, but um, I really owe it to my friend Maeve for, for helping me and for just kind of nudging me towards this, this nettle portal that opened up and that I really haven't stepped out from. Um, there's still a major, major love of mine. So yeah, that's, that's my story about how the queen of the fairies led me to the plants. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Take care. to the rise up good witch podcast if you enjoyed the show please rate and review in itunes and check out www.riseupgoodwitch.com for more information about tarot readings and the apothecary